Okay, let's begin Parsha's Toldos, Tavshin Ayin Zayin, as we continue our travels through Sefer Bracious, and we transfer now, really, to the second half of Sefer Bracious, after having the first half of the Sefer about pre-Avraham and Avraham, and even last week being uh, Avraham, but this week we start with Yaakov and Esav, until Yaakov and Esav until the end of the Sefer, really, which is a continuation of Yaakov, the Bnei Yaakov, the Bnei Yisrael. So it really is the second half, and we'll talk a little bit later about a, a thought that we like to uh, return to year after year, and that is, what about Yitzchak? What's his purpose in, in his purpose in life? So we start off, though, with the beginning of the Parsha. As we know, as all of the Avos and the Imahos uh, lacked children for a number of years, Akarot and Akar, finally, Rivka gets pregnant. Says the pasuk in pasuk Chavalaf. Vayeti Yisrak Lashem Lenochach Ishto Ki Akarahi Vayaser Lo Hashem Vatar Rivka Ishto Baruch Hashem Rivka has a child. Vayisrotetsu Habanim Bekirba, and the children are the sons are fighting inside of her. Rash Unkelis Vidachakin Benaya Bimaha. They're pushing. Dachakin. What exactly are they doing? So, we know the famous Rashi. Rashi quotes by Yisrotetsu. Uh, you have it at the beginning of source number one. Al-Karchach ha-mikra ze-omer darsheni. Shasasa ma-shihi ritzitzazu. They were running. Right? Uncle has said pushing. Okay, pushing. Sometimes there are there are pushes that a pregnant woman feels. But running, ritza, where are they running? V'rabosenu darshu lashon ritza. Kishaisa overes al-pischei Torah shalshem ve'ever. Whenever Rivka imenu walked Past a shul, past a base madrash, Yaakov rots umefarkes latzeis. Yaakov wanted to get out. He ran, trying to. He felt something. Overes al pischei avodes elilim esav mefarkes latzeis. And when she go went past a house of idol worship, so esav wanted to get out. That is Rashi vayis rotsatzu. So what happens? She has this uh, this uh, World War One, so to speak. In her, in her uh, stomach. Vatomer, and she says, Imkain lama ze anochi. If this is what I feel, Rashi, Godol tsar ibur, it's so painful, this pregnancy. Lama ze anochi. Misave u mispalela salahe rayon. Why did David so hard? Meaning, I'd rather not be pregnant. It's so hard. Rivka says, so what's going on here? So the question is, as we know later on, Rachel Imenu confronts Yaakov and says, if I don't have a child, I'd rather, I'd rather not be alive. And here, Rivka finally gets it. It's tough. It's difficult. And yet she says, Lama Ze'anochi. Again, many different, uh, deep ideas and pshatim. What does it mean, Lama Ze'anochi? It's a hard phrase to translate. Literally, why am I? But the simplest translation is probably, why do I, why do I need this for? Why do I dive in so hard for it? And the question is, She's still pregnant with a child. She knew about it. Shnei goyim. We know she's going to get the answer. But let's say she thought it was one child at the time. Beis Avodizara, Beis Medrash. What exactly is the message for us that we can learn from her behavior that she says, Lama Ze'anochi? The Minchas Asher, in source number one. Kalakore Pasik Ze'va You read this Pasik of Lama Ze'anochi. It's shocking. Rivki Meinu Akara 
She was barren. Give them a child. And finally, she's waiting. And she has tremendous simcha. And yet she says, Explains Rav Asher Weiss. Rav Asher gives us an insight. It's an obvious insight, but it's an insight into how we're supposed to view our children and how we are supposed to view, view children in the world. Children don't belong to parents. Children are guided by parents, are, are entrusted to parents by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but ultimately, what is the goal of a child? The goal of a child is not to bring nachas to the parents. From the child's point of view, that should be their goal. But from the parent's point of view, that shouldn't be the goal of the child. Not to bring nachas, they have a miss of, keep it up, hey. But the purpose of a child, from the parent's point of view, is to help the child bring nachas to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the goal. Not to bring me personal nachas, but to bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu nachas. Hopefully, if that can overlap with nachas to the parent, matovu manayim. So, says the they didn't daven for themselves. They didn't want a child dafka for themselves. Personal. I need a child. I need a child to help me, to serve me. I don't want to get old without anybody to, uh, to, to be with me. That's not why the Avos and the Imos yearn so hard. Right? It wasn't because of the natural, which we know, the natural desire, deep-seated desire for a parent, especially a mother, for a woman to have a desire to have a child. It wasn't just that. When it comes to the emos, when I see my child growing up, you know everything is heaven-oriented. As he quotes from the Tfila before Halakas Neiros, or right after. The goal was to bring Nachas to Akadish Baruch Hu. That's why they wanted the child. And that's, he quotes, even quotes an amazing Medrash about Avram Avinu and David Amelech. The Medrash tells us in Brashas Rabbah, line 15, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Ivo, Bashem Rabbi Yochanan, Shnei Bnei Adam, Amru Davar Echad, Avraham Bedavid. Two people said the same idea. Avraham and David, the first Jew and the first king. Not the first king, the first king of Malchus based David. Who are, what do they say? Avraham Ksiv. Bei Hashem Elokim Matitenli. Amr Lafan Avribona Shalolam. Imasid Ani Lahamid Banim. Ulahach Ischa. Mutavli Ani Holechariri. Says the Medrash that Avraham Avinu said, if my child will not follow your ways, I don't need the child. It's not for me, it's for you. David Amar, Chakreiniel Vidal of Avi, Da Parshimimeni, Ureim Derech Hatsav Bivanachani Bidarch Olam. What did David say according to the Medrash? Ribonishal Olam. Is Imasirani Lamid Banim Latsivcha, Mutav Livanachani Bidarch Olam. I'd rather not. I don't need the children for myself, says Avraham, says David. They need it for Akadish Baruchu. They want to create Avde Hashem. That's how we have to look at our children. Haresha, Avram, Medavid, Amudeh, Olam. Hispalu, Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Shimchalila, Banim, Achisim. 
Right, and we don't have to look farther than the famous Gemara in Brachas Tafyud, where Chizkiyahu Melech is on his deathbed, one of the most righteous kings of Malchus based David. And Yeshayo comes to visit him, and Chizkiyahu says, Why is this happening to me? And Yeshayo says, Because you weren't Osig Bapiri Virivya. And Chizkiyahu says, But what do you want from me? I see in Ruach HaKodesh that I'm going to have one of the most terrible kings ever. And it's, it's Menashe, and it's terrible. What does Yeshayo say? You do what you're mitzvah to do. If we had Ruach HaKodesh, it still wouldn't affect the chiv that we have. But Avram and David spoke to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and they said that. But the message being that our children, our families, are to be Makadi Shem Shemayim. When we say under a chuppah that they should be zocha to build a biased Naaman be Yisrael, Naaman to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the bias that is ultimately uh, wished for. And that's the message of Rivka. Rivka says, if I'm going to have an Esav, you know, maybe it's not the best thing. Maybe she didn't know at this time that there was going to be two people. Maybe it was going to be a spiritual schizophrenic, right? And based on Odezara, that's what she realized. I can't have this. I'd rather have the pain of being a mother without having a child than bringing in a child that's going to be machisp, anger you, HaKadosh Baruch That's what we learned from Rivka. The proper perspective of how we view our children. And he just ends off by, by quoting a Pirush Nechmad of what he heard once. Somebody told him that the Mishnah says in Mesech is Idios. It's only a Mishnah. There's no Gemara in Idios. The Mishnah Idios is one of the Mesechtas we like to say. It's, uh, if you ever get bored, don't worry. Look at the next Mishnah. Idios is a different topic every single Mishnah. It's the Idios. It's the testimonies that were given on the day they wanted to remember all of Torah Shabbat Pet. So Masechah's Idios says, Ha'av zochel What are some of the Midos? What are some of the attributes that a, ch- a father gives a child? Binoi, bekoach, ubechachma. Beauty, strength, and wisdom. What does that have to do with us? Look back at the Pasuk. What does the Pasuk say? Yitzchak davind lenochach ishto. Nochach. Noi, koach, and chachma. He davened for the child to be able to give over the, the uh, great misora that he has. The noi, the koach, and the chachma. But what does Rivka say? Im Cain, if this is the child I'm going to have, im Cain. Cain is the nochach without the ches. If I just have the koach and the noi, the physical, without the chachma, without what holds it together, im Cain, I'm not interested. It went from a Noach to a Cain, and that was the problem that Rifki Menu was was crying about. A Dover Nifla. Okay. We continue now on the same Rashi. Same Rashi, but another question. Yeah, we might have dealt with this in the in the past. And that is we read the Rashi and we say, Wow, they were on such a high level even before they were born. You know, how could it be? Yaakov already wanted to learn before he was born. Okay, he had the Malach. What about the Malach that Esau was learning with? Right, the Obasid, both are learning with the Malach, as we'll let Hashem see again uh, soon. But how was it? How was Yaakov already drawn? It seems so unnatural to us. Was it just miraculous? Is it just a medrash that was supposed to say, that doesn't relate to me? I can't think about being a connected, a fetus being connected to spirituality. Says Rav Yerucham now. Says Rav Yerucham, a Yisod Gadol in our life. Source number two, after quoting the Rashi that we read earlier. We read this and on the surface we think to ourselves, this doesn't, this doesn't fit into our, 
our normative uh, thoughts and behaviors. The kolze, you know why? The, the, it's not a chisaron in the reality. It's in the chisaron in how we view the reality. We don't view spirituality as a reality enough. We think it's somewhere up there, porech ba'avir. It's not porech ba'avir. It's mutzak. Ruchnius is a world that exists. The world of spirituality is even more real than the world of physicality. After all, in the physical world, this, it's finite. Right? Everything dies at some point. Everything fades. A tree eventually will die. It might take a thousand years, but nothing lives forever. Everything wears out. Right? As the uh, Gemara says, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created and he lives past all of his creations. Right? It wears out. Everything wears out over time. Spirituality, Ruchnius does not. That's the Nesach Nesachim. So what this pull? Says the Das Torah, says Yavirochem, there is an amazing clee that we have in this world. We don't realize it, what a message it could be for us. But it's an amazing clee. And it's called a compass. Think about a compass, says Yav Think about it. He really didn't write this so long ago, right? In the beginning of the 20th century. Somebody's out in the desert. You can't move without a compass. You always know where it's always pulled towards north. The forces, the magnetic forces from the North Pole, it's pulled. So you always know. You always know which way is north. Doesn't matter how you hold the compass. Doesn't matter if you put ten things under a, over a compass. Doesn't matter if you hold it upside down. You hold it with the right hand, the left hand. Doesn't matter. The compass always points towards and is pulled by the north side. And with the compass, we always know where to go. We always know which direction we should be heading. We never, we never, do we ever think about it? The North Pole is pulling this compass? Right? We sometimes we think about the, uh, a cell phone has to go up to the satellites and come back down or go to the, go to the, uh, different, uh, places where the cell phone, uh, service bounces off of. But a compass, it's pulled by the, that, that northern, that power, that pull, the magnetic pull. You can try your hardest to ruin what the compass is trying to do. It won't help. It won't help. It shows the power of a force, the power of a pull. That's what we learn from a compass. Says Rabbi Yerucham, the same thing with Ruchnius. We are naturally pulled like a compass towards spirituality. Kain vaday heim imyanim beruchnius on the top of the next page. Kedusha mitzad etzem tiva hine skulasa hisha tamid. He noted in himshachas l'sada kedusha. What does it mean? Yaakov was running. That's us if we would just let it happen. Yaakov was pulled to the base medrash. Why? Zel koach ruchani tivi chazakar beyoter. It's even stronger than the power 
of the magnetic force of a compass. V'chein Esav. What about Esav? Esav didn't have it. You might say he didn't have the Pintel Yid. Right? It's B'Yitzchak and Yaakov. Esav didn't have that force. Zeo koach netiel etatzafon mitzad etzem teva kochos atumah. That's his natural state, the kochos of Esav. But we have to realize what we have inside of us is something so powerful. We just have to let it, let it take us and let it drive us. Where does it come from? Maybe it comes from that malach. Maybe it comes from the malach learning with each child in utero. Did Yitzchak have the malach? It's interesting if we think about it that we don't have a medrash like this when Yitzchak was inside Sarah. Right? You might say it's the contrast between Yaakov and Esav. But in, you, one would think that, did Yitzchak have it? Or did it start with Yitzchak being the firstborn Jew and then his child? Right? So it's unclear. We just interesting to think about that we don't have a, a parallel medrash by Yitzchak Avinu when he was inside Sarah Imenu. But the Gemara Nida tells us, famous Gemara, maybe this is where it all comes from. HaKadosh Baruch Hu plants the spiritually magnetic force inside of us by having the Malach learn Kolotar Akula with us in utero. As the Gemara describes there, an amazing Gemara on many levels, Darash Rav Simlai, Imo, to what is the fetus compared and described here before, thousands of years before any ultrasounds or x-rays or anything, described here is the fetal position exactly. The mukupa, the munach, he's folded up. Munach yadav, his hands are next to his temples. Beis akeva v'abeigvosav, he's like rolled up in a ball. Rosho munach lo birkav, piv satum, tiburo pasuach. The mouth is closed, the belly button is open. He, if he eats what the mother eats, he has a light over his head. He has unbelievable vision. Skipping. There are no greater days of a person's existence except those days. And he is taught all of Torah. And the famous question is, because the next line of the Gemara says, The Malach comes and gives him a flick and he forgets it. And the question is, so why are we taught it in the first place? Fine, we have to, we're caused to forget it because the goal of life is to learn it and earn it, right? And not given to us. But why are we caused to learn it in the first place then? Many answers given, but maybe the secret is here, according to Rav Yeruchim, to create that force to create that connection to a Kaddish Baruch Hu that is so strong that cannot be broken. But just one other ha'ara that he doesn't talk about. Why is it so hard for us? Why don't we feel it? Yaakov felt it and he wasn't even born yet. Why do we so often not feel it? We're lying in bed in the morning. It's hard to get up. Why don't we come kari? Ratzkatsvi, why is it hard for us? Why do we have, why can't we make brachas properly? Why do we sometimes do, say things that are inappropriate? Where's the, where's the pull? So maybe we could continue the mashal. A compass works only as long as there's no other magnet next to it. If there's another magnet next to it, that, that messes up the pull. If somebody places something close to the magnet, that could also affect the magnet close to, let's say, the heart of the magnet. So then that doesn't allow the magnet to do what it naturally, doesn't allow the compass 
to do what a natural leash should do. So maybe that's our problem. Maybe we've set up other magnetic forces that that hamper the natural connection, that cover up the pintaliyid, right? The yitzharas that we have and the taivas that we have. Don't let our natural. You know, sometimes we're in a state. Maybe when somebody is learning in a shear, we have this spiritual moment, and then we feel it. Then all of a sudden, all the other magnets are away, and we feel our compass connected to our Kaddish Baruch Hu. We feel the light go on. So maybe it's our job to try to pull away, not push away totally, but at least to pull away those magnets away from the compass, so that the compass, the spiritual compass, could do what it's created for us to do, and in that way, everything can be connected to HaKadosh Baruch. Okay. Moving right along. So that was one Rashi we spoke about so far. Now let's get into the birth itself. Birth itself. Again, all of these pukim, pukim are, are dripping in pshatim. As uh, Baruch Hashem, we get to do it each and every year. Now imagine in the days of old, in the days of the Gemara, the Minog, of finishing Torah every three years. And we'd have to wait a long time to get back to Toldos. But then again, we'd have like only a third of Toldos to focus on each year. We might be able to do more. In any case. So the Pesukim describe, they're coming out. The first one comes out, one of the two redheads in Tanakh, right here. Esav comes out. Kulo Esav. Esav, from the word Asui, he's done. He's finished. No growth in his life. Interesting, right? Compared to Vayikra'u, everybody called him Esav, they, Vayikra, and he. Vayikra Shmo Yaakov, he came out, he was holding on to the heel of his brother, and he's called Yaakov from the word Akev. Says the Klayakar, the great Darshan from Prague, the symbolism of the heel. Again, there's much has been said about this. Let's see what he says. Two thoughts, says the Klayakar, Again, the question that is asked is, is that so definitional to Yaakov Avinu, the heel of Esav? He could have thought of a different name. You know, Esav was called by what he looked like. Yaakov's called by how he came out in the birthing process. That's going to stay with him forever and ever. That's pretty amazing. There has to be some deep symbolism to that, to that idea. Says the Klayakar, two ideas. Number one, It is telling us that in the future, Esav is going to despise anything having to do with service of God, which we call the Bechora. Like something people step on and trample and don't take seriously. Yaakov grabbed... The Akev. Right, we know the, the Chazal, the beginning of Parshas Akev. But yeah, Akev Tishmun, Mitzvot, Shadam Doshba Kevav. Yaakov grabs onto the Akev. Yaakov says, I'm gonna focus. Ritzalomar, Masha Esav Doshba Kevav, Yochaz Bo Yaakov. Vechain, call Hamitzvah's Kalos, Shebene Adam Dashim Beikvehem. We are Bene Yaakov. Message, we focus not only on the major Mitzvot, but also on what we might call the minor mitzvahs. There is no a minor mitzvah. I like to say that you know we, the, the treasar is usually translated as the minor prophets. That's a terrible translation. They're only minor in quantity. The, they're neviim, right? Yonah, Hosea, Chabakuk, Malachi. 
They're minor in quantity. That's the, that's what they have, but they are tracer. They're the twelve. The twelve prophets that didn't receive quantitatively so much prophecy. Mitzvahs are not minor, no matter what we think. And that's the message of Yaakov holding on Ba'akev Esav. Grab onto the mitzvahs, even the ones that look like they're Many people trample on them. And of course, this is what Rabbi Yudah Hanasi tells us. Years later, Yubi Hanasi tells us in the second parak of Perkei Avos, Rabbi Omer, source number six, What is the best path that a person should choose? Whatever brings glory and beauty to the doer, La and Minha Adam, he himself feels good about it, the Khanish feels good about it, and other people. And then we have the line, the Havizahir, Bemitzvakalakavachamura. And one has to be careful about light mitzvos and stringent mitzvos. Sheena Tayodeya Matanskarnshal Mitzvos. Because we don't know the difference. The Rambam points out that what the Rabbi Yudanasi is talking about here are the mitzvos asay. The mitzvahs lo say we do know that there is a hierarchy. We know that based on the Chumr Sa'avera. In source number eight, the Rambam says, realize what the limitation is. The Rambam says on line 11, Shekala Torah mimena mitzvahs say mimena mitzvahs lo say. There are 613, 365, 248. We know exactly the punishment of every losase. So the Mishnah is not talking about losases. After all, let's say somebody is in a dire situation and is allowed to violate an Avera. We know. We always try to do the lesser Avera, not the more serious Avera. Somebody has to eat. So it's better to eat Chayve Lavin than Chayve Krisus. We always try to do the lesser of So when it comes to losases, we don't treat mitzvah kala kavachamura. Right? We try, if there's going to, we rather do mitzvah kala. So the Ramam goes through, I think, the seven levels that he has uh, of the, the eight levels, eight levels that he has of the losases. Starting with the lowest one, um, or the highest one, eight levels. Yeah, Shmona Dargos, line 18. Skilas Refa Herak Chenek, Bezdin, Kares, Malkus, No Malkus, Right, all of the levels. But when it comes to Mitzvah Saseh, says the Rambam, and the Rishonim, and Rebbe Yehudah Nasi, we need to grab them. We need to grab every mitzvah that comes our way. And we learn it from Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov grabbed the akave, the ankles, what Esav was stepping on. Rashi quotes the Medrash. Rashi on Pirkei Avos. Rashi and Perki Avos on the bottom right says, We don't know. A king has a job for his servants. Go please into my orchard, into my forest, and, and fix everything up. Make sure the trees are all okay, harvested properly. Take care of my forest. And they go in and there are oranges and apples and pears and all different fruit. And some of the fruit and the vegetables and all of the trees were doing well and some of them were, were not doing so well and they were somewhat inferior. Had the king said to them, Elon Ploni Tovu, the Elon Ploni Rahu, the Tichum Bizet Yoser Mibaze, Hayohokin Kulamitzala Tovila Harbus Haran. 
They would have all gone to the one that would be more profitable. But the king doesn't want that. The king wants his entire orchard taken care of. So he doesn't say a word. And in that way, all the entire orchard is harvested, is cultivated, and is dealt with. Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't tell us Matan Shkhar and Shal Mitzvahs. He doesn't want certain mitzvahs to be left, to be mace mitzvahs, so to speak. Because Kodesh Baruch Hu, it's a package deal. Like the Archaim HaKadosh says in Parshas Ekev, Kol HaMitzvah, all mitzvahs are a package deal. And that's what we learn, according to the first pshat of the Kleyakar. We grab on not only to the major mitzvahs, but we have to draw to Jew each and every one of them. And that's why, back to the Rambam now, that's even the basis for certain halachos. The fact that we don't know which is a chamur and which is a kal mitzvah. What's a kal mitzvah? The Rambam himself gives an example. Simchas yantiv and speaking Lashon HaKodesh. Those are the Rambam's mitzvahs kalos. Interesting. But towards the end, the Rambam says, Ulefichach, line 30. He quotes two halachic principles. That is, the basis for it is this Mishnah. If you're involved in Mitzvah A, you're not allowed to do Mitzvah B. Why? Well, maybe Mitzvah B is more important. You have no idea what's more important. Keep doing the Mitzvah that you're doing. Don't judge Mitzvahs. Or, the Ramam says, Don't pass over one Mitzvah to do another Mitzvah. Do the Mitzvah in front of you. Both of those... Halachic principles are based on the fact that one mitzvah is no greater than another mitzvah. Focus on the mitzvah in front of you. And that's what we learn, according to the Kleyakar, from Esav and Yaakov. Yaakov holds on to the Akave, even the mitzvahs that Esav, or the Umos Ha'olam would say to us, they're nothing, they're insignificant. We do them. We do them. A mitzvah, a minhag, it all has significance. Number one. Number two, says the Kleyakar. A second idea. Line seven. Ulashon Akev. Back to source number five, the Klayakar. Ulashon Akev, Mishamesh Gam Lashon Akva Umirma. Second shot. Akev means cunning, meaning trickery, subterfuge. Lomalacha. Sheyakov Tafas Alav, Mitsadhayos Esav Ramaivit Sayad. Vikomasa Bakvo Umirma. Esav. Everyone knows what he's about. The symbol of holding on, Yaakov realizes he's okay. Yaakov realizes the type of person he's dealing with. This symbolism is exactly why I'm not letting him be the Bechor. He is not spiritually worthy to be leaders of men. He's trying literally to be the Bukhar because he knows that's the spiritual leader. He sees Esav's tendencies. Maybe he saw his twin every time he was trying to get out by the base of Odazara. He felt the opposite pull. And therefore, says the Klayakar, maybe that's why he held on. He realized that Esav cannot be the spiritual leader. He wanted to do that himself. Okay, two ideas. Moving right along. Now we'll get back to what we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the shear, and the question as follows. Yitzchak Avinu, what is his message to us as we take leave of him in this parsha? We never really took, he never really said hello to us, as we often mention. Through last week's parsha, Yitzchak really was very passive. He was passive in the Akedah, he wasn't at his mother's Levaya, and he wasn't involved in finding a wife for himself. For three years he disappeared, right? Different pshatim of where he went. But finally, in this week's parsha, he comes on the scene, but he's gone before he could blink. 
Boink a blink, he's finished. He's giving brachas at the end, but it's really Yaakov and Esav as the, as the protagonists. And the only thing we know about Yitzchak, as we have pointed out, is he digs wells. Perech Havav is the only Perech that he actively does anything independently by himself. He digs wells. And not only does he do we- dig wells, he digs the same wells his father dug. And he names them the same thing. What exactly is the message of Yitzchak Avinu? What is the message? And let's start also with the Pasik, Perachavav Pasak Aleph. Also, paralleling and mirroring Avraham. There was a famine. What did Yitzchak do? He went down to the Plishtim. Yitzchak goes Avimelech, goes to the Plishtim. Why? It says that first, but meanwhile it says, Hashem says, don't go to Mitzrayim. Rashi quotes, because that was his plan. His father went to Mitzrayim, so he's going to go to Mitzrayim. And Hashem says, no, no, you're in Ola Tamima, you can't leave Eretz Yisrael. But again, what is the message of Yitzchak Avinu? Says Ramatisio Solomon, Pachad Yitzchak. Source number nine, this is in uh, one of his safer on Ma'amarim. Says Ramatisio Solomon, Yaakov Avinu called his father with the phrase Pachad Yitzchak. Right, the name of Ravutner Svarim. But, right, we know from Pasuk, in next week's parsha, Parsha's Vayetze, Yaakov Avinu says, Lulei Elokei Avi Elokei Avraham Ufachad Yitzchak Hayali. What does that mean? What's the message? Yitzchak is Pachad. We usually say he's Yira, Gvura. What is Pachad? That's the Pasuk. That's the word in the Torah that is associated with Yitzchak. Pachad Yitzchak. And it's clear, he goes through the evidence, as we just mentioned, that... He was mirroring and he was paralleling his father's life. And he quotes it from Rashi. And he quotes it from the Ramban. Right? The Ramban says on line 21, They still remember the first famine. And they all knew that Avram went to Egypt by the first famine. Because he knew Avram did it, Avram wanted to follow in the ways of his forefathers, or of his father. That's really, he was the second forefather. Until it was told to him. So what exactly, what's the depth of that comment of the Ramban? Let's continue. Interesting comment, says Rabbi Yosef Solomon. Yitzhak was the first person in history to have a Rebbe, his father. Avram had no Rebbe. He figured it out by himself. Okay, they say the Beis Medrash Hashem Be'ever, that's in the Midrashim, right? Noach learned Torah, who did he learn Torah from? Hashem was his son. So people might have learned in Shem Be'ever, but explicitly, the first time that we have someone, we know the Rambam describes in Hilchas Avodas Kochavim that Avram taught everything that he knew to Yitzhak. He taught it to him. You know what Yitzchak thinks? He's the first Jewish student. Right? What does he think? Avram's teaching him. You know what Yitzchak feels? I need to do exactly what he did. 
always thinks, what would my father do in this situation? Because he's the student. He's the first student in our nation. What would my father do? Right, like Yosef saw Demustiokno Shal Aviv. So Yitzchak Avinu sees Demustiokno. Alkain, Bishelas, you read the Mitzrayim, line 31. By you going down to Mitzrayim, Imlohi Gia Elav Nevua Mufureshes Menashemayim. Had Hashem not told him explicitly not to go down because he's an Ola Tamima, he was going to do it. I'm not going to be Mishane. And now, remember the Sarah Solomon adds on, what's Pachad though? What's Pachad? Somebody we know Yitzhak Avinu wanted to fo- follow his father's footsteps, literally. There's really one of two ways we could explain that behavior. One of two ways. Number one, line 34. Kikasher ha'adam, kinimsa ha'adam, shehu aduk u'makpid, lalechas tamid b'minhag avosav. When a person always follows what his father and his parents do, yeshlomar bazeshnei ta'amim. There are really two reasons that he might be doing this. Number one, oshim ischabi b'kach. Maybe he gets kind of personal covet out of it. Let's say there's a big Rosh Yeshiva, huge Gadol Adar. Say so his son, you know, does certain things. Why? It's our, it's our family minog. It's our family minog. Kind of like it's going on the coattails of his father, getting a little covet. You know, not the greatest of kavanis. That's one reason I'm going to follow my father, because my father was a great man, and I want to be connected to my father. That's one approach. But then there's a second idea. Why a person might always follow? Because he realizes that his father was an amazing person who made certain decisions. And maybe I'm not, I don't think as, as clearly and as correctly as the previous generation. Oh, line 39. When it comes to Ruchnius, the people who were before me, I recognize were greater than me. And even though something might not, I might not think it's logical, there's something called the Misora. And therefore, I'm going to connect to that because I have covet for the Misora. And that's why. Because he's nervous to go out and shred in waters that have not been shred upon. And that's why, line 45, that's the Mida of Yitzchak Avinu. What's Pachad? Pachad Yitzchak. Because he's mefached, he's nervous and afraid and scared to develop where his father did not develop. To take Ruchnius to new areas. Lishko Komasa Valmosne Darki Aviv. And then you find the Be'eros. And the Be'eros that he dug, and he called them by the same names. And he quotes from Rabbeinu Bachai, going to the top of the next page. Afilu Shemos Be'eros, Aviv, The wells and the names, nothing. He wants to make sure that he stays connected. And then he even adds two other Ha'aris. Amazing how this fits in. We know the Ramam tells us, there were two things that Yitzchak added on. Right, the Rambam, in, when the Rambam talks about the history of mitzvot in Hilchas Malachim in Parak Tess, the Rambam says there were six mitzvot that Adam got, 
Noah got a seventh, Avraham Achai, and then little by little, you know, we got more and more mitzvos. Avram got some, did some mitzvos, and Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and the Ramam even says Amram. The Meshachachma discusses that. What mitzvah did Amram add? And Moshe Rabbeinu, Vachulu, until we got all the mitzvahs at our Sinai. But what are the two mitzvahs that we know from Yitzchak Avinu? Quoting from the Rambam on line three. Avram's two, bris mila, which Hashem will get back to, and shachris. Yitzchak, hifrish meiser, v'hosif tefillah acheres lefnosayo. What we call mincha. Right? He gave meiseris, v'etil maser mikol, and mincha. Why dafka those two mitzvos? How did these fit into pachad Yitzchak? Explains about the Sio Solomon. Fits in beautifully. Because Avram Avinu, how did he bring Ruchnius? He brought Ruchnius with Eshel, Achila, Shtiya, Levaya. Yitzchak felt that he needed more. When you make a syag, when you do something extra, just as a protective measure, because that reflects Pachad Yitzchak. Yitzchak wanted to do more in the eating realm to bring Ruchnius. Because he was a little nervous. Pachad. So that's why he gave Meiser. And I davened in the morning, but I don't know if the effect of that shacharis is still with me. By the end of the day, I better daven again. And that's why he creates Mincha. Line 22, 23. Upachad, kasher yagia benorabayim, kvar yofu garoshem. Who remembers shacharis at four o'clock in the afternoon? Viteaved mimenu dvekuso bashem. I need another palm, another pa- time in front of the Shechina. And then he quotes on the bottom, Yitzchak, That's the message of Yitzchak. The little that we know of Yitzchak is that he always did what his father did, a little bit extra, but all part of the pachad, of the, I'm not sure, there's a certain covet of the Mesorah I need to have, and not make decisions and take things into my own spiritual life without honoring and respecting the Mesorah. Just uh, to, to be Mosif, one thing, and that is, again, he's developing this, but each of the Midos of the Avos have to inculcate our lives. right? We have to, that's why there are three Avos, because each of them reflects something that we have to have. And we have to always think, are we personally and are we nationally as a nation... Um, skipping or cutting a little bit into one of the Midos. We need all three, whatever the symbolism of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov is. So Avram, Chesed, wonderful, amazing. There's so much Chesed in Klal Yisrael, amazing. We need more. We need Ben Adam There's also so much Sinas Chinam going around within Jews. But Yitzchak Avinu's Midah is something that our nation really needs to work on. Because this attitude is not something that is so easy. And it's much easier to say, I'm going to take spirituality into my own hands. And I'm going to decide what's spiritual and what's not spiritual. And Rahman al-Islan, we see different areas in, you know, in, even in the Orthodox world of, of uh, the lack of mentality of Pachad Yitzchak. The lack of mentality of respect for the Mesorah. Respect for where we've come from. And we need, not that we, not that we should be paralyzed and not apply the Mesorah to the new to the new applications that we live in. But sometimes there seems to be no pachad Yitzchak. And there has to be a balance of all the midos of, 
of the avos in our lives. So, Hashem, we should have siyata the shmaya to have that correct balance. Okay, moving right along. Says the, says the Torah at the end of this first section, the Pasuk right before Shani. Pasuk tells us, Perech Pasuk Hey, and Hashem promises Yitzchak, don't leave, you're going to become great. Again, Avraham Hashem appears to Yitzchak and promises him Eretz Yisrael. As we pointed out a few weeks ago, every Av got the promise of Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to give you a lot of children. Virbesi Azaracha, Pasakei, Akev, why am I doing all this for you? Asher Shama Avraham Bakoli. Because Avraham listened to my voice. Vayishmar, Mishmarti, Mitzvosai, Chukosai, Vesorosai. He listened to all of my mitzvahs. All of my mitzvahs. And this is the Pasik that Gemara Darshins, that Avraham Avinu kept Kalatarakula even before it was, it was given. All the mitzvahs he kept. So just a little story, and then we'll get to the thought that we want to say on the Parsha. On this Pasik, Vayishmar, Mishmarti, the Yagel Torah quotes a story from Rav Baruch Ber. Baruch Ber. The, uh, Talmud of Reb Chaim, who is the Rashiva and Kamenitz. Amazing. Sometimes I once heard, somebody once described him. Sometimes you read his words. His Sefer is somewhat challenging sometimes to understand. Berch Shmuel. But the, uh, but the stories about him are unbelievable. So here's a story. He was misparsame as a parush. He wasn't involved in the world so much. He wasn't, he didn't eat so much. He didn't drink so much. He didn't sleep so much. And one time, there was a bacher that was a Torah. Uh, it says in line six, Vishalu yan chalavi. He was offering, Rabbi, do you want some milchiks or fleishiks? And Rebarach Bar says, Mirgleichen fleishiks. Wants fleishiks. So the bacher was a little surprised. Usually fleishiks is something, uh, you know, you know, something more like, okay, guys like fleshiks. But it's not something that if Rosh Yeshiva, who's a parish, okay, I'll take a little salad, I'll take a little cheese. You know, that's it. So he says, Rebbe, right, well, I don't understand. So Baruch Mary answers him, this is such an opposite of what we're used to. He says, Chas v'shalom, I want the meat. No. I want to become fleshik, so then I'll have an ol on me for six hours. I want to be able to say, oh, I can't have milkings for another six hours. Nowadays, we have the fear of becoming Fleshik. He had the desire to become Fleshik because he wanted, Solashem Shemaim, the old mitzvos, so he could be in a state of, oh, I'm Fleshik now, I can't have milkings. Even the Dinder Abanan of having the all. Someone who wasn't commanded, but that's on this Pasuk by Yishmar, Yishmar Mishmarti. A question we've dealt with before. I gave you a little summary of it, what we've touched on before also, but we'll see it through the eyes of the Maral Diskin this year. Says the Maral Diskin, on this Pasuk, again, Avram Avito kept Kala Famous question that are asked by many Achronim. The Rishonim really don't seem to deal with it, but many Rish Achronim, and that is, there's one mitzvah, though, that Avraham didn't do until he was commanded. Right, we've had this discussion back in Lech Lecha and Vayera, but we know Avram did not fulfill bris milah until he was commanded to do it. Even though he might have done all the other mitzvos, even Erev Tavshilah, the Gemara says in Yuma. And the question is asked, why? Right? Ask the Only after he was commanded, Right? Why is Mila different than all the other? Mitzvos. So the Maral Diskin himself has two answers. And then source 14 we discussed eight years ago with a number, couple of other answers from the Tiva Parsha who summarizes a number of the other answers. But the two answers the Maral Diskin has on line 10, I'm sorry, first on line 5, of Matar Tzim. 
מפני שהיה יודע בנבואה שיהיה מצווה של מצווה על המילה. והיה רוצה לקיים מצווה על המילה כמצווה ויוסה. We know the Gemara tells us, Godal ha-metzuba v'yoseh, mimi she'ena metzuba v'yoseh. It's better to do something after we're commanded by Kaddish Baruch Hu. Gemara says that in a number of places. So, by most mitzvahs, I could do them today and I could do them tomorrow. Today I'll do them as an e'ena metzuba v'yoseh. Tomorrow I'll do them as a metzuba v'yoseh. For Smeli, you can only do once. So Avim Avinu did not want to do it as an e'ena metzuba v'yoseh because then he'd lose the opportunity to do it as a metzuba v'yoseh. Number one, sharp. Number two, but here it's hapashut fahanachon, but he says, that's a sharp one, but the straight, simple, straight answer is, an uncircumcised individual cannot circumcised. Mahul yamul, Chazal tell us. Only one who has a brismila can give a brismila. Avramavinu, before he was commanded, was an RL. And therefore, he couldn't give himself a bris milah. would have just been considered cutting himself. Only after he gets the tzivoy, and there's no one else circumcised in the world, that's good enough to be called an almost mahul, and in that way, to be able to give himself a bris milah. That's the second idea of the Maharal Diskin. Again, there are other suggestions given. Maybe the bris milah symbolizes a bris, a covenant, and a covenant always requires two sides. It's not just a mitzvah, it's a covenant, and therefore, before HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands it, so then it's not a mitzvah, because by definition it's not a bris. There are other Lundish answers given that you have um, summarized there in source number, source number 14. A couple of other answers, we'll see at the end of this time, maybe we'll come back to some of those other answers. But now let's move on to the, the last two thoughts that uh, we have for the evening. The first is, and these are obviously on, the, we'll talk about this, the second half of the Parsha, and that is the brachos. The brachos and the story of Yaakov and Esav going to Yitzchak, trying to get the brachos. So we'll start with the beginning of the story of that section. Yitzchak Avinu, he's old, says the Pasuk Aleph in Perach of Zion, Vahiki Zaken Yitzchak Vatikhena Enov Meraos. Yitzchak is old and he has trouble seeing. He calls to Esav, every word here is, is uh, charged. Hineni is usually a positive meet, uh, word, and here Esav, obviously still putting on a show, says it to Yitzchak. I'm old, please go get me some food, I'll be in a good mood, and I'll be satiated, and I'll give you some brachas. So, number of questions come to mind. Again, some famous, some not so famous. Question one. Yes, with all the explanations of what exactly Yitzhak's mistake was, of loving Esav and being tricked by Esav and feeling for Esav, but didn't he also feel for Yaakov? Even if Esav is more, didn't he know that Yaakov was a tzaddik? So he thought Esav was also a tzaddik. So why does only Esav get the brachos? So split the brachos. It sounds like he was only going to give one person the brachos. No matter what you say that he was tricked, did he think Yaakov was a Russia? There's no evidence to that. So even if you want to say he thought they were both Sadiqim, so why didn't he call both of them? Why only Asaf? Question number one. Question number two. 
Again, it's asked in different forms. Let's ask it on the most famous pasuk in the whole interaction. Who is it? Anochi Esa Becharecha. That's Titan Emes Liakov. Again, MS might be translated as integrity, not truthfulness. Chazal say, Anochi Kama Esa Becharecha. Is there any way for us to understand that pasuk on the simplest level and still fit into Titan Emes Liakov? Saying that it's truthful, it's MS. Question two. Question three, and then we'll get to an approach. Question three, when Esav, when Yaakov comes in, Vayomer Yaakov el Aviv, Anochi Esav Bicharecha, I am Esav your firstborn. Asisi Kasher Dibarte Eloi, I've done everything you've wanted. A couple of seconds later, when Esav comes in, what happens? I am your son, your firstborn, Esav. So there's a slight difference. Yaakov says, Anochi Esav, Bicharecha. Esav says, Ani Bincha. That extra, that's an extra word, Bincha. Not just Ani Bicharcha Esav, Ani Bincha Bicharcha Esav. What's the extra word? Is there is there a reason why Esav first stuck in Bincha, while Yaakov just jumps to Anochi Esav Becharecha? Says, if you look in the Sefer Tzion Min HaTorah, which was put out about 50, 60 years ago uh, by the Mizrahi, there's an article in there by Rav Yitzchak Stolman. The article was put out for Luzei Chanishpaz Rav Zev Gold. There, he writes as follows. Source 15, I give you most of the uh, ma'amar. Parshas ha-brachos v'yakov v'yesav adayin t'mu'ah b'ineinu. L'achar kol bi'urei ha-mefarshim anutmein v'sho'alim. Afim ha-yesav tzadis avi b'fivim ha-kifu b'she'elo. Still, how would he only want to give a bracha to Esav and not to Yaakov? Says the Tzion min torah Says Rav Stolman. You know what Yaakov was, what, what Yitzchak was thinking? And this is a message l'dorei doros. And Rivka, with her insight, saw. She saw the MS. Yitzchak knew that Yaakov was a tzaddik. But how does it work in most families? There's always one mover and shaker. There's one guy that's in charge, often the oldest. One, Ikarabayas. And he takes care of, so to speak, like an apotropis for the rest of the family. There's one person who, you know, deals with all the issues. There's one mover and shaker in each family. Some families have a bunch of them. But Yaakov said, I mean, Yitzchak felt that he was going to give it to one. He felt that Esav was a tzaddik and Yaakov was a tzaddik. And therefore, I'll take Esav. He's the Bechor. I'll give him the brachas, which obviously he will share with Yaakov. After all, even when he thought he was giving it to Esav, he gives them all the brachas. Right? So it's line 20. He'll take care. That's the Bechar. He's the Nam on the Meitiv, the Doeg. And that's what he feels. What does the Bracha say? Take care of your brothers. Right? That's what he thought would be the plan. And Rivka Imenu, she sees that's not true. She sees on both fronts. She sees, number one, Esav will not give a dime and just the opposite, make tsaris for Yaakov. But on the other hand, Yaakov, if you give him the brachis, he will care for Esav. And he will take care of not only his descendants, but the world around him. 
She saw both of those. And that's even a medrash. The medrash says on line 43, Tovim lecha, why two gedayizim tovim? Tovim lecha, v'tovim lebanecha. Ukeshetika achaz abrachas, teitev gam lecha, v'gam le'esav achicha. Make matamim like your father loves. What do you mean? Because you're going to be good to Esau like your father loves him too. Because that was the plan of Yitzchak. And Rivka says, great plan, wrong son. One person has to be the one, but you got the wrong one. Yaakov comes in and says, Ani, doesn't say Bincha because it's not focused on him personally. I'm the firstborn. What does that mean? I'm going to take care, like a firstborn takes care. But also, amazing, he explains, I'm Esau Shliach. I'm here for him too. I'm Esau B'charecha. Shluch Shalom Kamoso. So, it's not a law. He's, I'm, I'm here for me and for Esau. You want to know Esau? Okay. I'm Esau B'charecha. I'm in his stead. I'm here for him too. And therefore, it wasn't a lie. Esau comes in and says, I'm Bincha B'charecha Esau. I'm here for me. I happen to be the firstborn too, but I'm here for me. And then he says, He continues, but says the Rav Stolman as he continues throughout history, the Esau's of the world have not been out to help us at all. And obviously the opposite throughout the 2000 years that we've been in this terrible Gaulus, Esau has most of the time just caused problems for us. While Yaakov, we've tried to make the world a better place. We haven't only been focused inward, but the effect that the Jews have had over the world in terms of everything, the hashpah of what a tiny a, a percentage point, a tiny percentage point of the world, the effect, that's something that we realize. He just says at the end also, what the state of Israel does, helping no matter what across the world, a Medina kazu. There is no Medina like Medina Yisrael in terms of the hashpah that it has on the entire world. And that's what the whole nation, Am Yisrael, has to be in Orla Goyim. And that's what Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu had that in mind. And Rivka had that in mind. And Yitzchak missed the boat, so to speak, in that regard. According to this pshat, he made some mistake, which Rivka corrected. And that is that is uh, his pshat. One final point, just quickly, to finish up with the Rav, the Joshua Ha'iyun, Rav Ayeluin, where which he talks about with Aaron, Aaron Levine, uh, in his, uh, the Reish Arav, where he discusses what exactly was Yitzchak's mistake. Yitzchak became blind. Blind, different Shatim Rashi quotes, but one of them is blind from the Akedah. So he quotes maybe Aldera Drush. What does it mean from the Akedah? Yitzchak looked up and saw the Malachim at the Akedah. Right? What was his mistake? Yitzchak made some type of mistake. But what was it? Explains Hadrash Vahayun. What is what is Chazal trying to tell us from the Akedah? He became so spiritually connected at the event of the Akedah that he just couldn't fathom trickery and subterfuge. Sometimes there, there are some people that are so spiritual and they can't fathom what people so lowly could do in a positive naivete, but they shouldn't be making business deals then without help. Suggests Hadrash Vahayun. That's the deeper idea of he became blind from the, from the tears of the Malachim at the Akedah. Because he became so ruchani, Chazal say, Ola Tamima. And maybe he had to be an extreme, because he had to be this pachad. But because of that Mamela, he couldn't see in front of him what an Esav was doing. So it's not really his fault, so to speak. He needed to be this extreme personality of the pachad, 
And then that's why he was married to Rivka, his, be- his, his other half, to be able to be a team and to help him with that decision. Okay, we'll have to stop here. Uh, shall we will continue with Yaakov and Esav in the coming weeks.